It's April 2001. Four enormous carp circle a koi pond in front of a white stucco mansion high in the hills of Glendale, California. Inside the home, 54-year-old Marderos Iskandarian sits at his kitchen table and pours a long stream of Turkish coffee into a china cup. 18 years ago, he and his parents co-founded Zanku Chicken, a beloved chain of fast food restaurants in Los Angeles. The extended family has run the business together relatively peacefully, but soon that peace will be shattered forever by an act of extreme violence. His thick curls and signature droopy mustache are as jet black as always. But for a man with such a hearty appetite and belly to match, his face is drawn and ashen. Martyrus looks down the table, past the ornate Turkish coffee set his parents brought with them from Beirut, at his mother and two sisters. His father has passed away. He is the patriarch of the family now. He finishes telling them about his latest philanthropic venture, a soup kitchen back in Armenia. Martyrus was known for his generosity in the community. He gave so much so often that an Armenian-American newspaper once ran a cartoon showing the flow of the Iskandarian's bounty coming out of Zanku. One door was labeled food, the other charity. Then, Martyrus says he has an announcement. I'm just going to come right out with it. I have cancer. It's spreading. The doctors say chemotherapy will buy me a little time. I'm going to fight. But I've called you here to tell you my plans in case I don't... Well, just in case. He looks down at his hands. His fingers are interlaced so tightly the nails are digging into his knuckles. He takes in a deep breath searching for calm. It's time that we talk about the family business. I've decided to leave the four stores that I own to my sons. They will also run the entire chain under the Zanku name. His sisters sit in stunned silence. They've always assumed that when their mother died, she would leave the Zanku trademark to all three of her children equally that they and their families would all have an equal share of the family business. But now, now their brother is saying he's cutting his sisters and their children out? How could he? Mardros's mother also says nothing. She is the culinary mastermind behind the famous Zanku rotisserie birds and the lighter-than-air, unimaginably pungent garlic paste. She's worked 15-hour days in the family's restaurants, first in Beirut, then in L.A., since before Madros was even born. Most mothers, when told their son has fatal cancer, might burst into tears or gently inquire about the prognosis. But not Marguerite. Without looking up, she makes a damning pronouncement. Your sons, the shadow they cast is not yours. The American version of this? Your sons can't fill your shoes. And with that, Margaret walks upstairs to her bedroom in Marderos's house and shuts the door. For the next two years, through his radiation and chemotherapy treatments, through the loss of 60 pounds that leaves him fragile and gaunt, she never says another word to her son.
Enjoy a powerful business upgrade with Dell Technologies' Black Friday in July event. Get amazing savings with up to 50% off high-performance computers and tech built for business. And be able to take your office with you with Windows 10 Pro. Plus, get great offers on Dell servers, monitors, docks, and more, all with easy financing options through Dell Financial Services. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. And speak with a Dell Technologies advisor today. Louisiana's diverse landscapes include dense timber forests and seafood-rich coastlines. And every step along the way, you'll find a business environment that's strong, diverse, and ripe with opportunity. Need proof? Louisiana is where NASA and higher ed partners build rockets that will soon put the first women on the moon. It's also where the port system delivers the most domestic cargo in the U.S. And Louisiana is home to the best workforce development program in the country. See what Louisiana economic development can do for you. Visit OpportunityLouisiana.com today. From Wondery, this is Business Wars. I'm David Brown. That's Beck immortalizing Zanku Chicken in his 1999 hit song, Deborah. Just a few years before the family dispute devolved into Margaret's Wall of Silence, Zanku has become a huge success. And Beck isn't the only influencer to champion the chain. Later, pop phenom Childish Gambino uses the Hollywood store as the location for a music video. And the actor Larry David finds inspiration in the chicken chain for a plot line on his TV show, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Hey, let's get something to eat. Okay. Um, you want to try out that uh, Palestinian chicken place? Let's do it. That's all I've ever heard is how great it is. Fantastic. Okay, all right. let's go. But success doesn't happen overnight. On the first day, Mardros spends so many hours on his feet that his busboy has to help him to his car. And then... There are a few dark months when profits tank and he's forced to lay off the entire staff and he and Margaret single-handedly keep the doors open. Eventually, though, beloved Los Angeles Times restaurant critic Jonathan Gold writes a glowing review. He calls Margaret's spit-roasted chickens superb, golden, crisp-skinned and juicy, the kind of bird that makes you want to scour the carcass for stray bits of carbonized skin and delicious scraps of flesh. Chicken plates, shawarma, tabbouleh, and the Zanku trademark raw garlic sauce, it practically flies out the door. Eight years after starting from scratch in a new country, the Iskandarians are pulling in several million dollars a year, but still, Marderos is not satisfied. 1991 in the Zanku Chicken Restaurant in Hollywood. 
Martyros, his elderly parents and his two sisters, are gathered around three wooden tables pushed together in the back of the restaurant. Martyros bangs a metal ladle on the table in front of him. I hereby call this meeting of the Zanku senior management to order. I have a proposal. Look around you. Zanku is packed. We've made it. He pauses for effect, tapping the palm of his left hand with a ladle. But we could be doing so much better. I propose we expand Zanku, starting with new stores in Pasadena and Glendale. Eventually, we could have a chain of Zankus across the region. Who knows? One day, we could have a Zanku New York City. Varkas, the 61-year-old family patriarch, rubs his stubbled chin. His health is not as good as it once was. Hard work and a taste for alcohol have aged him prematurely. He crosses his arms over his chest and gives Marduros a long look. Finally, he comes out with a firm, No. Marduros's sisters and mother turn their heads in unison to see what Marduros will do. He doesn't react, only crosses his arms over his chest, a mirror image of his father. No, Marduros. No, your mother and I are tired. We were tired years ago. Did we say we wanted another restaurant? No. Never. Look, you do what you want. We can split up the business. You sign over your stake in the Hollywood store to us. And then you're free to follow this dream of yours. The new Zankus you start, come success or failure, they belong to you. Marduros raises his hand, palm facing his father, motioning him to stop. He appeals to his mother. What about the garlic paste, Mama? Will you still make it for my restaurants? Margaret looks down at the table. She's playing with her heavy gold wedding ring, turning and twisting it, always a sign of trouble. She'd said she was done with working in restaurants when they were still in Beirut, but her rigid work ethic and sense of family duty keep her in Zanku kitchens six days a week. How can she keep up supplying yet more stores? Marduros turns to his sister, Zovig. And Zovig, you could come manage some of my new stores. Success means nothing if we don't stay as one. I say it to my boys all the time. Greed must never come between us. There's plenty for all. In the end, the family arrives at a compromise. Marduros will give up his share in the original store. In return, he'll own the new shops he opens outright, and he'll hire his sister as a manager on his side of the business. But this split, which starts as a small business rearrangement among a loving, growing clan, will eventually grow into a chasm. By the time Marduros reveals he has cancer and plans to leave the entire Zanku empire to his four sons, the family bonds will snap like a brittle twig in an ice storm. Of all of them, his mother is the most outraged. Why? Well, for one thing, Marduros's sons are... Well, let's just say they aren't exactly on the straight and narrow. It's a winter night in 2000, 
in the parking lot of the 777 Motor Inn, Sherman Oaks, California. 23-year-old Steve Iskandarian, Martyros' second-born son, tears across the asphalt in a black BMW sedan. He's chasing a beat-up Camaro that hightailed it out of the lot just moments before. Depending on whose story you believe, it's driven either by a stripper and her bodyguard or a prostitute and her pimp. Either way, Steve had arranged to meet the woman at the motel, but their date took a bad turn and the woman fled with Steve's cash in hand. The Camaro hurdles up an on-ramp onto the 134 freeway with Steve close behind. Steve grabs the semi-automatic he keeps in his glove compartment and shoots wildly out of his driver's side window at the Camaro in front of him. The man behind the wheel of the Camaro returns fire. Luckily, no one is hurt. A judge charges Steve with two counts of attempted murder and sets bail at one and a half million dollars. Steve Iskandarian, heir to the Zonku Chicken Empire, faces the possibility of life in jail. After a mistrial, he pleads guilty to lesser charges and manages to avoid prison time. And that's just Steve. His brother, Dikron, is caught cheating on a law school entrance exam. After that, no school will accept him. In despair, he turns to God and becomes born again. He spends all his time praying in his bedroom in his parents' house. Then there's Ara. He's an opiate addict. And the youngest, his grandfather's namesake, Varkas. He's a teenage stoner. He spends the generous allowance he gets from his father on weed. No wonder Margaret is upset. Her life's work, the family restaurant empire, could end up in the hands of her son's floundering kids. But there's another reason Margaret gives her son the silent treatment for years, even as he faces down cancer. Martyros registered the Zonku chicken trademark solely under his own name, without telling anyone. When Margaret found out, she was livid. She persuaded the patent office to cancel Martyros's registration. The scars from that family wound were still fresh when Martyros revealed his plan to leave Zonku to his sons rather than splitting it among all the grandchildren. And then, in the spring of 2002, Margaret escalates the feud by writing a new will. She's worried her son might cut his two sisters out of their share of the family business. So, she creates a trust, leaving the Zanku trademark equally to her three children, but denying her son any ownership of the family's flagship Hollywood store. For Martyros, this amounts to a declaration of war. A summer evening, 2002, in Martyros's Verdugo Hills mansion. Margaret comes home from working at Zonku Hollywood. Even though she stopped talking to her son over a year ago, she still lives in his house, in the master bedroom, no less. Rita, Martyros's wife, greets her from the kitchen. Hi, Mama. How was your day? It was fine. Fine. Martyros hears his mother's voice from his downstairs sickbed in the living room. 
He's weak from the latest round of chemo. His cancer is spreading. It's possible it started to infect his brain. He calls out to his mother as she walks past. Hello, Mama. How was business today? Margaret doesn't answer. She goes upstairs to her room. Marderos calls to his wife. Rita, can you believe her? Every day she gives me the silent treatment. I'm sick all night from the chemo. She never says a word. Rita goes into the living room so her husband doesn't wear himself out shouting. Have you ever thought she might be in denial? That your mother can't bear the thought of her child dying before her? You're being so melodramatic. She's probably angry I'm too sick to work. And she's still upset about that trademark business I did just to prevent someone from stealing it out from under us. She never understood that. Work. That's all she understands. Rita is sick of arguing. Sick of the mother-in-law she's lived with for almost 25 years coming between them. Until their rift, Marderos treated his mother like a queen. When they went out in the car, he used to put his mother in the front seat and Rita had to sit in the back. Now... She retreats to the kitchen, fed up with all of them. Marderos can't rest. He tosses a blanket over his shoulders, hobbles to the fireplace and picks up a photo on the mantel. It's of him and his mother, back in Lebanon, in the family apartment above the first Zanku, back when he was just a child. His mother is leaning over to hug him. I was her firstborn the jewel of her heart, he thinks. And now what? She looks right through me. He rips the photo out of the frame and tears it down the middle. He pulls his father's gold cigar lighter out of his pants pocket and lights the flame under the image of his mother. It's hard to believe it's a coincidence, but somehow a fire breaks out in Marderos's house. Perhaps a cigarette left smoldering or just faulty wiring. The cause is uncertain. At any rate, Marderos and Rita are trapped on an upper balcony choking on smoke. If it weren't for the quick response of firefighters, they would have perished there. The whole family lives in a hotel for weeks while the house is refurbished. But not Margaret. She packs up all her possessions and moves in with her daughter, Zovig. Martyros will see his 76-year-old mother just one more time before he dies. At that meeting, his painful family history, combined with his illness, will overcome him. His rage will not be constrained, not even by the most ancient codes of his Armenian homeland, that a son must honor his family and, above all, his mother, not even by the most ancient laws prohibiting murder and suicide. In his fury that day, he will break nearly every taboo of nearly every culture that has ever existed. Where's my order? Where's my order? Where's my order? Break free from customer support monotony. Welcome to Intercom for Customer Support, the business messenger that uses chatbots, shared inboxes, apps, and more. 
Intercom's Business Messenger resolves questions that can be answered automatically, so customer support feels less like Groundhog Day and more like help is on the way. Go to intercom.com support to learn more about Intercom's Business Messenger for customer support. Birthdays, holidays, promotions, getting that last sprinkle donut. There's a lot in this world worth celebrating, but nothing is worth celebrating more than knowledge, especially knowledge that will pay off, like understanding how compound interest works, knowing how to check your investment professional's background, or figuring out your risk tolerance, or finally understanding all those terms your friends keep throwing around like ETF, ESG, and ICO. Go to Investor.gov today to learn about these investment products and more. How much do you already know about investing? Find out by putting your financial knowledge to the test with their new investment quiz. Investor.gov is your unbiased resource for valuable investment information, tools, and tips. Before you invest, Investor.gov. It's the afternoon of January 14th, 2003, Glendale, California. Martiros is in the dining room of his sister's brick and stucco home on a cul-de-sac high in the Verdugo Mountain Hills. Zovig mixes a pitcher of homemade lemonade. They're waiting for their mother to come home from work at the restaurant. Zovig urges her brother to sit down and drink. He heads toward the dining room table, his walk uncertain and wobbly. Cancer treatment has caused fluid to build up in his brain. He takes a seat across from Zovig and they chat about their children for about a half an hour. Margaret arrives, carrying a large box filled with Zanku leftovers. She changes into her house shoes, white slippers. Zovig meets her in the hall and says Marderos is here to speak with them both, that he wants to make peace. The mother and daughter take their places at the table. The three of them begin to talk. Perhaps they speak of the restaurants, of the plans Marderos has for his sons. They disagree. Neighbors later say they heard loud voices, an argument. We will never know what was said. Because not long after Margaret Iskandarian walks in the door, her son reaches for the 9mm Browning pistol in his waistband, extends his arm across the table over the lemonade pitcher and the glasses, and fires one bullet into his sister's head. She lands unconscious on the granite floor. His mother, Margaret, screams and runs for the front door. He chases after her and raises his gun. Don't shoot, please, she cries in Armenian. Please! Don't shoot! He pulls the trigger. The first bullet hits his mother's chest. She falls backward, landing face up on the floor. He fires again and again. Eight more times, Marduros shoots the lifeless body of his mother, each time aiming straight at her heart. Marduros stands over her, staring at the corpse of the mother he had always tried to honor and celebrate, even above his own wife. Blood stains bloom on her blouse, though they are obscured by her chef's apron. 
Marderos senses he's not alone. He looks up and sees his 23-year-old nephew, Hagope, clutching the banister of the front stairs. Hagope is trying not to scream as he fumbles backwards up the stairs. He's always thought of his uncle Marderos as almost a second father, just as his four cousins were more like brothers. And now he's terrified that if he can't sneak back up the stairs silently enough, his beloved uncle will murder him like his mother and grandmother. For one horrific long moment, they look each other in the eye. And then Hagop watches as his uncle turns away and walks towards the living room. As the young man scrambles up the stairs, he hears a single gunshot. He doesn't know it yet, but his uncle is dead on the leather couch from a single bullet in his right temple. Why did Marderos do it? The obvious answer? It was his disease. Cancer had spread to his brain. He wasn't in his right mind. He told his son Steve that he was sure his mother and his sister were in league against him. Steve remembers asking his father if he could ever forgive his grandmother for this. Marderos reportedly answered, God will forgive the devil before I can forgive my mother, because this is a mother, not the devil. But such deeply rooted animosity must come from a deeply rooted source. And Marderos's son, Dikran, gives a more nuanced explanation for what happened that day in a blog post he wrote more than a decade after the murders. He says Margaret was terribly possessive of his father, that she begrudged her son his marriage and seized every opportunity to come between husband and wife. And on top of that, Dequin claims Margaret turned sister against brother as well. Of course, there would always be some in the Armenian community who believe it was all about greed, pure and simple. It's November 17, 2006, room 317 of the California Court of Appeals, 2nd District, Justice Paul Boland presiding. In the case of Rita Iskandarian, plaintiff and appellant versus Hagen Iskandarian et al., the court affirms the original order in the bench trial and finds against Rita Iskandarian. Court is adjourned. Courtrooms like this are one of the few places where the surviving members of the Zanku chicken family all gather after that horrific day in 2003. Not long after the bloodshed, Marderos's widow, Rita, sues her surviving sister-in-law for rights to the Zanku trademark. She loses both the initial case and the appeal. The legal battle stretches on for years. In the end, the courts ruled that the business name and trademark are to be shared equally among all the surviving grandchildren of Zanku's original founders, Margaret and Varkas. Now, in 2018, two parallel, separate but similar Zanku chains dish out rotisserie chicken in the Los Angeles area. Marderos's widow, Rita, and her four sons operate eight stores, 
Mardaros's sister Hagen, along with the children of the sister he murdered, operate the original Zanku along with three other new locations. The two parallel Zanku chains have separate websites. It is exactly as confusing as it sounds, but most Angelinos can't tell one Zanku from another. It's all the same to them. But that's not the case for many older members of the tightly knit Armenian community in greater Los Angeles. They remember. If you're an Armenian of a certain age and you buy your shawarma at the original place in East Hollywood, even when you're across town in Pasadena and hankering for a Zanku chicken wrap, you don't go to the Pasadena store. People pick a side and stick to it. There's no simple way to explain a story like Zanku Chicken. Was it disease? Was it greed? Was it trauma extending back through generations? Most likely, all of this played a part. But what pushes a man known for his generosity, his devotion to his mother and his family, to do something so taboo that it's usually thought of as belonging in the realms of myth and fable. Since commerce began, families have gone into business together, but rarely with such tragic results. From Wondery, this is Business Wars. We hope you enjoyed this episode. This series draws extensively on the reporting of Mark Arax, which first appeared in Los Angeles Magazine and later in his book, West of the West. We encourage you to check out his work to learn more about the Zanku murders. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You'll find a link on the episode notes. Simply tap or swipe over the cover art. You'll also see some offers from our sponsors. Please support our show by supporting them. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you could give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. Another way to support us is to answer a short survey at wondery.com survey and tell us what business war stories you'd like to hear. A quick note about the conversations you've been hearing. We can't know exactly what was said, but this dialogue is based on our best research. I'm your host, David Brown. Barbara Bogave wrote this story. Karen Lowe is our senior producer and editor. Jenny Lauer Beckman is our producer. Sound designed by Bay Area Sound. Our executive producer is Marshall Louie, created by Hernan Lopez. For Wondery. Looking for the hottest takes and the spiciest celebrity gossip? Look no further. Welcome to Rich and Daily, the all-new podcast from Wondery that's going to bring you up to speed on all of Hollywood's most current secrets and scandals. Need to know what Harry and Meghan are up to? What's the latest in Britney's conservatorship hearing? We've got you covered. I'm Arisha Skidmore-Williams, and along with my bestie and fellow celeb news fanatic, Brooke Sifrin, we're bringing you the latest entertainment gossip every Monday through Friday. Is that rumor you heard about Rihanna true? If it is, you better believe we'll have something to say about it. So if you want to be in the know about who's been seen with whom and who's in and who's out, Join us on Rich and Daily, because we don't just listen to the rumor mill. We give you the celebrity facts as they happen. Listen to Rich and Daily on Amazon Music, or you can listen to episodes ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. With Rich and Daily, feel the gossip. Wondery, feel the story.